Welcome to the Quantum Theater Podcast, where we'll finally explore the nature of reality in a way where we don't pretend to have all the answers. We're evolving ourselves as we're speaking to you, because that's just the way life is. Let's play in the quantum realm and open the portals into our true selves. Welcome to the Quantum Theater Podcast. I'm really excited today. It's going to be a super fun episode. I'm with Dr. Karen Kahn, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we met. It's an interesting story. She is a doctor of light medicine, a number one international best-selling author, visionary, and pioneer in the fields of healing, consciousness, and spirituality. And her mission is to empower spiritually conscious people to harness their intuitive healing and manifesting superpowers so that they can reach their highest vibration and help anchor in a brand new reality of love, joy, peace, and harmony for all. Thank you so much, Karen, for joining us here. Uh, Thanks, Joshua, for the invitation. I'm excited to be here, too. Yeah, cool. We're going to have fun today. I, I uh, I love your vibe. I've been on your podcast before. We have a good time talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah, today we're gonna we're gonna center the conversation around. Um, we were we were kind of just uh, getting the uh, the specifics down of how we're gonna word this. It's kind of like the make making a peaceful mythology internally is the is the way that we come up we came up with describing this uh, topic. So. Um, the quantum theater podcast, as if you've listened to previous episodes, you may know, um, is about our internal stories, our internal narratives, creating a, uh, a useful narrative and undoing narratives that no longer serve us. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing the ways that Dr. Karen approaches this and she has a lot of wisdom. So this will be really fun. Mm, yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, the, the work that you do, Joshua, is really important for the world. So I'm glad that we can connect together again. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Um, you know, the first thing, since you were you were just touching, this might feel a little backwards because usually people talk about their, their projects that are about to be released at the end or something like that. But you just touched on this interesting thing of this uh, uh, series that you're working on now about, um, about myths. Could you, could you mention how that's going for you? Sure. Yeah. Um, I've been doing some quarterly workshops. They've been really, really uh, popular. And uh, what I, and I'm also training some uh, um, healers uh, in my healing modality. It's called Topican Healing Method. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way in which we can tune into our intuition, um, use divine muscle testing, ask questions, Mm -hmm. activate healing energies. And uh, as I'm training them, I'm realizing, you know, there's a lot of nuances to being a practitioner and there's a lot of mythologies related to our healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard to like teach it all at once. So I decided to do uh, a, a free little mini course, if you will, called mm-hmm. Healing Myths, Mistakes and Misconceptions uh, mm-hmm. to really help people 
reperceive their lives and their experiences uh, mm. to what, like you say, what works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I took inspiration from all my years as a medical doctor, plus light medicine, you know, mm-hmm. doctor, um, he, uh, helping, um, people with their self-healing, you know, I've mm-hmm. done it probably at least 5,000 individual mm-hmm. healing sessions and mm-hmm. not including the group sessions now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited about that series. That's awesome. Great. Um, so I understand it better than I did before. So this is really, really interesting. The myths about healing and what healing is and what healing isn't basically. Um, and that's really fascinating because it's kind of pointing to the overall cultural narratives about, you know, the stories people have in their heads, and then they fit the idea of healing into these existing stories. So could you describe maybe some of the existing stories people have in their heads that that they insert healing inside of? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many. It's like, where do we start, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Now, uh, for those you know, that, that don't know me, I'm, I'm actually con- conventionally trained medical doctor. So I have mm-hmm. that hat and then went through my own dark night of the soul with lots of illnesses, uh, mm-hmm. all at once, um, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, depression, wow. anxiety was even suicidal. Yeah. So yeah. I realized that there was a lot of things that I believed to be true mm-hmm. that I learned in Western medicine that didn't work, mm-hmm. didn't work to help heal me. And, and I decided at some point that instead of wanting to die. I wanted to live. And so I had to create new positive mythologies for myself and beliefs mm-hmm. and reperceiving, mm-hmm. you know, uh, reality in a different way. And so there's so many of these things that we think of. And one of them is that, um, the, a myth mm-hmm. very common, I'm sure, you know, you, you've come up with this, uh, you know, from other people you work with yep. is that yep. the absence of symptoms does not mean you're healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by getting rid of symptoms does not necessarily mm-hmm. mean you're healthy. So in other words, in Western medicine, somebody has a pain, mm-hmm. we go, well, let's see what, how many tools we have. We have two, uh, surgery uh-huh. and pills. Okay. So uh-huh. take a pill, mm-hmm. <laughs> take a pill, take this non-steroidal anti-inflammatory we call mm-hmm. ibuprofen, naproxen, whatever. Yeah. It decreases inflammation and you're good to go. Well, mm-hmm. but then what happens is the person gets holes on their stomach, their liver is stressed, mm-hmm. their kidneys are stressed and they get more pain. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's this endless cycle of taking this other pill and this other pill and this other pill. And eventually, Oh, I I've got bone on bone and I need surgery. Right. So they're trying to get rid of the symptom, get rid of the symptom. Mm-hmm. Once the symptom is gone, they think they're done. But yeah. that's not healing. That's like a bandage, right? Covering right. up a symptom. Right. And uh, a lot of people too have said, you know, recently I was like, oh, well, this person died of, <clears throat> you know what? We can't say because we get censored, right? Oh, got it. And they're like, oh, they were perfectly healthy. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. How do you know that? Well, they didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. Right. What I do, you know, Joshua, is I, you know, we can tune in like my practitioners, myself, you know, and I teach people how to do this as a self-healing course as well. We can mm-hmm. tune in and within seconds know exactly how happy and balanced all three of their immune systems are, physical and non-physical, mm-hmm. how happy their microbiome is, how mm-hmm. many infections or infectious energies they have resonating right now. And we mm-hmm. can pull those and change those energetically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. So somebody says, well, somebody's perfectly healthy. I'm like, prove it. Right, right. And, and it's almost like they're saying someone is perfectly healthy until their symptoms arrive out of nowhere. 
Right. And and that's another mythology that you've yep. tapped into is that yep. at least in Chinese medicine, which is at least 5,000 years old, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the be all and end all, but it's, yep. it's very ancient. Yep. Understanding back then was that before we get physical symptoms manifest, that the energy pattern in the body, the chi, we call it the chi, the prana, mm -hmm. you know, vital force is distorted or diminished compared mm -hmm. to ideal and so you have to have a distortion or diminishing of this energy before you even have physical symptoms. And that could be decades yeah, of distortion yeah. before you finally have a symptom. So this raises a question. So, I mean, you could, one could say technically a distortion is a symptom. It's just hard to detect. Right. And so well, most people say symptoms are something they can see, feel, hear, touch, taste, you know, Right. So right. they're not aware. Exactly. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, exactly. So if yeah. somebody has distortions and they don't know it, how can they check? Right. So a lot of times people are not motivated <laughs> necessarily uh -huh. Uh -huh. to check because our paradigm, and here's another mythology and misconception, uh -huh. our paradigm in Western medicine is that you go to the doctor when you're sick. Yeah. Right. And we do quote unquote preventive medicine and Western medicine, which means you do your pap smear, you do your flu shots, you mm -hmm. know, you get your physical, you mm -hmm. get your lab works done Demogram. and your lab looks like, oh, completely normal. See in, in a year where the yeah. person goes, wait a second, it's normal, but I feel like crap. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exercise so what I teach more. people to do is mm -hmm. be able to, you know, align to source energy zero point field, if you will. And then we use divine muscle testing and ask specific mm -hmm. quality questions on how happy, balanced, et cetera, or healthy a particular organ system is and yeah. system is an energetic issue, is an emotional issue, and we can get percentages. It's like 50% emotional, you know, 20% mental, 10% yeah. spiritual, so on and so forth. And then we actually, in my healing method, we actually have charts <laughs> so mm -hmm. we can sort of help guide people to figure out what it is and then be able to reverse transmute or delete whatever is negative and then insert something positive instead. Right, right. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, what's occurring to me is since you have a medical doctor background, um, all of my previous episodes have been straight to the, you know, consciousness talk. Maybe we could take advantage of your ability to bridge these worlds. You know, I'm thinking of like, I want to send this episode to my mom, you know, <laughs> and, and really let her understand, like, instead of, instead of going straight to, um, like, we know that, that having more light in the body is vitality. How can you translate that into the, the existing medical paradigm? Yeah, you know, that that's really interesting because it is a pretty big jump for most people, like going yeah. to their regular conventional medical doctor, yeah. they're doing these lab tests, they don't yeah. find anything wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they see someone like me who mm -hmm. is doing all this intuitive testing at 3000 mile distance, right? Uh -huh. yeah. And getting all this information yeah. and then making shifts and changes on the energetic blueprint, which right. we talked about earlier. Right. Uh, and therefore the body can then create brand new. 
mm-hmm. you know, physiology from the new blueprint. Right. So there are devices sometimes that can make that bridge, mm-hmm. you know, where you can do some energetic testing. Mm-hmm. And for some of those people, it's handy because it's a device. It's sort of like medicine, you know, they kind of trust the device. They may not trust me doing muscle testing for them, but they may something to look at. Yeah. yeah, Trust the device. And there are many, many, many out there. I, at this point don't use them because I see everybody remotely Yeah, and I'm actually faster than the device. So (laughs) yeah, sure. But that might be, you know, a way. um, And I understand it is challenging for people to understand the energetics yeah. When they haven't been taught that. Yeah. Um, or could you define energetics maybe or define light in the way that you use it? Right. So everything according to quantum physics is made of energy and our attention really can change our realities and how it, you know, manifests in our life, how it, how it looks. Mm-hmm. And so because we're not really disconnected from everything that what happens in here happens out there. Mm-hmm. And this light, and there's many different ways of defining light as well, because some people think, oh, you're a doctor of light medicine. So they assume Mm. that I'm talking about the electromagnetic spectrum of light, which of course is important. We have visible light, invisible light. We got gamma rays, you got radio rays, infrared rays, all that kind of stuff, right? Right, right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the light as in consciousness beyond this electromagnetic spectrum. Mm And so everything at the end of the day is energy and everything in energy can be described as light. <laughs> right. Beautiful. Um, could be invisible, but it's still, it's still light. Yeah. So when our light paths, when our light gets diminished, distorted, uh, sometimes we're disconnected to certain positive, so-called positive, you know, mm-hmm. blueprints, um, you can call those light blueprints, for example, then we can have dis-ease, disharmony, um, and not be happy. Right. Right. Yeah. This is all very beautiful. Um, one of the things that really seems like the, the fundamental essence of what you're describing, which is also, you know, fundamental part of my work as well is really being able to, and again, this is a big jump for people usually is, is really being able to understand that the, um, world around you is being created internally right and and this is um the reason that that getting rid of symptoms doesn't work is because that actually is helpful to see what is going on internally and if you're getting rid of the symptoms it's like can i just stick my head in the sand a little bit further because that just seems like the most convenient until you know in in uh Alcoholics Anonymous, they use the term rock bottom, right? Until mm. you really hit rock bottom and you can't stick your head been in the sand. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> Date again? I said, been there, done that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's necessary. It's a necessary step. And, yeah. and um, just, just to kind of frame that in a useful context, um, when I, how do I say this? A lot of people hit rock bottom and then they come, uh, they show up desperate and I'll do anything. Just tell me what I need to hear. But a lot of people don't get to that point And they're, they're kind of like, I'll do some things. I'm a little bit skeptical. And so in my work, what I do is I actually um, simulate in, in the theatrical sense, getting to rock bottom as soon as possible. Mm. And so it's, it's like, 
actually taking people into this um, depth, you know, where they don't normally go because life hasn't forced them there yet. Right. And, and then it, it helps them realize, oh, sticking my head in the sand is actually self-sabotage. And this is actually bad for me, even if I've been trained to think this is good for me and we got it backwards. So maybe you could speak to something I just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, you know, one of the newer uh, energetic protocols that I just taught my students is something I call five elements, emotional transmutation. Mm-hmm. And that was born out of many different inspirations, plus my own, you know, healing modality. Mm-hmm. Um, Laurie Hoisinger's book is called um, The Toggle Effect. And she talks mm-hmm. about negative emotions um, being transmuted in the pineal gland to its polar opposite. Mm-hmm. And in my healing modality up in that, until that point, what we really did was we just erased, dissolved and uncreated the frequency mm-hmm. of that negative uh, emotion, for example, and filling mm-hmm. the holes with love and light. And I thought, well, you know what, let me, let me try just flipping it to the polar opposite instead. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I started this modality, started uh, checking out on, you know, for other people and then realizing that, Hey, this is really powerful to mm-hmm. do that. So what I decided is to capture the seed emotion mm-hmm. and flipping it. And one of the things that speaks to what you just talked about mm-hmm. is our way of getting to rock bottom in a way yeah. um, is we actually have, uh, and I'll tell you a story in a second to illustrate mm-hmm. the, the sure, point, sure. is that we actually ask people, and there's three ways of doing it, but one of the ways is asking them what their worst case scenario is. Mm, yeah. And because it's sort of like our co- conscious kind of pushing it down, pushing it down. Nope. Yeah, nope, exactly. nope, nope. I don't, ha- I don't have one. Nope. Exactly. It's all going to be okay. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be positive. You know I mean? yeah. and, and especially the, the spiritual thing of like, if I think about that, it's going to come true. Yes. Right. So a very rudimentary, you know, understanding of how the law of attraction where I totally yeah, get it. Yeah. been there, done that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I feel guilty. Oh my God. I had a negative thought. Ah! Right. <laughs> get it out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So we try to avoid pain, which is completely natural in our human, you know, existence, we avoid pain, we avoid pain, we avoid pain, but sometimes pain is our friend, just like you're talking about a symptom is can be perceived as our friend, as our assistant, as our coach, if you will. So in this protocol, we actually get people with, obviously they're with, in my case, you know, they're, they're, they're either, you know, learning to the modality themselves. So they're working with that, or they're working with me or my practitioners. And we get them to imagine the worst case scenario, which Mm -hmm. sometimes is like, be as crazy as you want. Mm-hmm. And then we get to them up to bring up that emotion or sets of emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's what we transmute. And yeah. I had a, um, a client uh, with, um, she's uh, healing the diagnosis of cancer or the symptom of cancer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she's doing really great. She's like, you're doing all her meditation and, and her sage and her exercise and eating mm-hmm. organic and mm-hmm. you name it. And at the back of, I could feel it mm-hmm. at the back, there was a little bit of a when's my next, you know, lab work going to come? I'm afraid, you know, yeah, so there was that yeah, fear. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, let's just dive right into that. You know, mm-hmm. let's dive into that worst case yeah. scenario. So in yeah. your case, that, you know, dark night of the soul. And I said, okay, so you're dead and you just <laughs> left your family and uh-huh. you know, they, you don't get to do all this cool stuff anymore. I said, okay, where does that, where does it feel like in your body? She yeah. said, you know, her anxiety, whatever we called it, it was nine out of yeah. 10. We did the protocol on that. At the end of that, she said, okay, it's down to a two. That's awesome. The next time I saw her two weeks later, she literally forgot to talk, to even think about the cancer. Oh, like wow. she was so 
happy doing what she was doing and her oh. labs, her cancer labs got better. And it was sort of like, oh, they're bad. Oh, that's cool. You know, and it was just like an aside. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. like the focus. It's my cancer focus. labs, my cancer yeah. labs, my cancer labs. Yeah. So that's that's the similar kind of work that you're doing is bringing people to that, yeah. you know, bottom so yeah. they can, you know, heal that piece. So it's, it's very, very cool. I love it. Yeah. I, and, and I feel, um, you know, when, when somebody gives an answer like that, like, let's go straight to what is the scariest. That's when, you know, someone is doing like the, the work from the roots of the issue, right? Because so much quote healing work is beautiful, but at the same time, uh, it can be quite superficial because it's not actually um, challenging us to grow, to mature, mm-hmm. to recognize what we're afraid of, why we're afraid of it. And we build these personality constructs all around avoiding that issue. Yep. That's right. Uh, avoiding pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It, it's, yeah, it's definitely natural to do that. And um, we just have to train ourselves, don't have to, but choose to train ourselves. I, I have a little meme that I made. It's called choose your challenger. It'll choose you. Oh yeah, exactly. That's it. You, you said something earlier. I can't remember. You said something earlier that was to that effect. Um, I'll come back to that, but I don't know if you've worked with the Enneagram system at all. Um, I'm not uh, trained in that particular one. I've heard of it. Um, mm-hmm. I've had it done. I don't remember what mine is, <laughs> well, cool. yeah. but, uh, yeah, th- there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different, uh, things out there that are really supportive and helpful for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm one of the people who is really into the Enneagram system because right away when you discover your type, it, it shows you exactly what you're avoiding and how you're avoiding it. Mm-hmm. And, just having that awareness, if somebody is really hungry for it, gives them the opportunity to um, see how the whole avoidance uh, system is constructed. And yeah, it's it's uh, this stuff is this is a, this stuff is just so useful. It's so powerful. Um, not just Enneagram, but the uh, the whole of what we're talking about and, and grabbing stuff up by the roots. So. I'm feeling into this uh, next question here. So what would be, this is kind of what it wants to be. What is a, if, if we're moving from an unhealthy narrative of avoidance, what does a healthy inner mythology, a peaceful narrative look like, a sound like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I found most useful for my life um, is the perception that I choose to continue with for now, because it serves me, mm-hmm. is that whatever comes up, whether that be what people would call a pain, a symptom, uh, some chaos, some loss, something like that, mm-hmm. is an opportunity. And um, now sometimes we don't see it as that at the moment that it happens, because mm-hmm. it's super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if we can pause and realize okay, I'm starting to judge this as bad. Mm-hmm. So that's my cue is mm-hmm. if I start judging it as bad, what I do now is I flip it to curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I, you know, reperceive it as, 
hmm, that's interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. I wonder how this is going to serve me. I have no idea right now. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, and I think that it's interesting because the universe sort of um, keeps reflecting back to us what our state is, and we're, we're in a state of curiosity. We get really different <laughs> answers, if you will, in manifestations. Mm -hmm. We get guided to the next step, the next step, the next step, if we're in a place of curiosity, as opposed to condemnation. If we're in a place of mm -hmm. condemnation, then the energy just stops. Right. And then, and then you're just twirling around in that turmoil with no resolution, um, yep. So it does take some degree of awareness and discipline, and obviously desire to do something different. And sometimes yep. people need to get into a lot of pain before they do something different, as you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, I, I love that you mentioned um, what you did. I'm going to say why is because a lot of people are afraid of judgment because they, uh, there's, there's so much, this word is, is overused in the spiritual healing world, because like, if I, if I go outside and it's really cold, I have to make a judgment that I need to put a jacket on. And so judgment is, is not a problem, but what actually gets us sick is condemnation. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this, this is actually where our identity attaches to something and says that is bad, as opposed to judgment can be a lot lighter. It can be like, oh, I have this preference or this preference. Right. Yeah. And preference is one of my favorite words to use these yeah. days yeah. is that I don't, you know, I, I say, well, this isn't what I prefer to happen yeah. Yeah. as opposed to saying it's bad or it shouldn't happen yeah. or right. And those yeah. of us in the consciousness space tend to sometimes go all the way 180 degrees the other way where we don't want to use any word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I, it's like, oh, I shouldn't use because it's judgmental and and so we need to yeah. be a little bit more discerning mm -hmm. as as to whether it's the energy exactly of the judgment versus right. the energy of peace right so just to clarify that point that's really really important here is this is not about policing our vocabulary right this is like if we're if we're thinking something is bad it's not about oh, you shouldn't think that, or you should use a different word. It's like, get curious. Why do I think that is bad? What am I trying to protect myself? What must I believe if I have some kind of negative feeling about this? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. So it's like, we continue the conversation with our, ourselves, our spirit. And yep. so it doesn't come to that hard stop where we're going back to the original mythology of how we most of us grew up with that mm -hmm. judgment there's an absolute right and there's an absolute wrong and I was very good at that mm -hmm. <laughs> Joshua mm -hmm. growing mm -hmm. up and was very religious growing up and uh, mm -hmm. but unfortunately I wasn't very happy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so all that righteousness mm -hmm. that I had did not make me a happy camper it just made me annoying to be around when I was in that space <laughs> Because awesome. I was so good, you know, I was so A plus, I was so perfect. And yeah. then living up to that basically, I think made me sick. Yeah, yeah. So um, you mentioned the mythology that we grew up with. Could you say something about the way that people recreate their childhoods until they see that they're doing it until, until they catch on? <laughs> right, yeah. So our energies, our patterns, both what we have been born with that are inherited also from alternate lifetimes, mm -hmm. uh, those patterns, as well as what we've learned. We know in 
early childhood, our brainwave states are such that we, you know, kind of record our subconscious just records things mm -hmm. and says, oh, got in trouble by the teacher. Okay, so don't do that. Do this instead, you know, and so yeah. we record all this stuff through yeah. centuries, you know, really. Yeah. Creates all and, the and then, yeah, and then whatever our beliefs, thoughts, patterns are, the universe shows it to us by reflecting it back in our quote unquote three-dimensional reality. Yeah. Yeah. So when we finally understand that we are recreating or recreating these discomforts and it's okay, you know, the thing is, it's like, it's just <laughs> another layer and a nuanced layer of the same thing. We can continue going down that rabbit hole or up on that spiral, no matter, you know, depends on how you want to look at it to evolve ourselves. So if we understand that we are just evolving, mm -hmm. then there is no, oh, is it over yet? I thought mm -hmm. I healed this. You know, why is this coming back? Right. And there's all right. this like inner complaining. Uh, of course, the super spiritual people don't want other people to see them complaining. Right. So they, right. they you can't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's happening internally and it's, and, and just yeah. encourages more mask wearing. Yeah. 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 That's and awesome. perfectionism. Yeah. I, lo I love that you're bringing this up. It's like so many people are going to be like, oh, I feel called out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's nothing that I've said here that I haven't done. So yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. Um, well, so if you've listened this far, uh, you're going to get a little treat. Now I want to share about how Dr. Karen and I met and it was a really interesting experience and really interesting story for me. And you're welcome to chime in as much as you want to. Um, so how do I start it? I, you know, on, on, uh, on Facebook, I receive a lot of random, uh, friend requests and messages and, and things from people. And, um, someone added me and they had a few friends in common and I, I accepted it. And, um, then I'm trying to remember the story exactly. I think this is a friend psychic of yours, right? That reached well, out. It was, it was someone who, who random me, who added me randomly. Yeah. So I, I never oh, met okay. her. Yeah. And, and then she uh, uh, said, I have something I have to talk to you about. Can we video chat? And I was like, okay. I mean, I guess I would, I'll give you a few minutes to see what this is about. And so um, she, oh, you know what? Actually, before that, I, I had this sort of, default um message that i sent out to new friends and i said hey welcome to being my friend here's a free uh master class um if you want to you know just have a little gift on me and apparently she watched that and then and then she said i have something i want to talk to you about maybe about your master class can we have a video chat and so i said okay let's do a, you know 15 minutes just to say hi and and i saw that she's a psychic and stuff and so, okay, sounds like it'll be an interesting conversation. And so she said, um, I watched your masterclass and you are ruled by a negative entity. You are possessed. Hello, sir, you are possessed. And I was like, okay, well, that's a, that's a big claim. I don't, I don't feel possessed. I feel like the masterclass was really helpful. And it seems like, um, you know, I don't know how to take that. And she wants to charge me uh, $500 to remove an entity for a 30 minute session or something. And so oh, I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah yeah and okay. so so i was like i think i'm gonna need some kind of second opinion and so at, at this point in my life I, I had not had any uh experience in noticing uh, uh understanding what how entities worked or or um removing them or having them removed and so i didn't really know what i was talking about so i couldn't argue with her so i i basically looked it up on youtube and i found someone uh having a like giving a talk about presence of entities and removal of entities and at the end of the talk uh this woman said um I was taught this information by Dr. Karen Kahn. And so if you want to look, if you want to get more into it, I think she does trainings about this and I was trained by her. So I looked up Dr. Karen Kahn. And so I think I added you on Facebook after that and I messaged you. And uh, yeah, do you remember how that went? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell the rest of the story. Yeah, so cool. um, like, like you, I have a lot of people that message me that I don't necessarily know. And thankfully you were very smart and um, writing your, your little mini bio on Facebook very clearly. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So I could see, okay, this person is worth my time. No, I'm not saying that people aren't worth time. Sure, sure, I'm but... saying that sometimes, you know, it's, it, if I answered every single, you know, connection, I would be, yeah, I would just be on Facebook all day long exactly. and not making a difference yeah. and not making yeah. an impact. So sometimes yeah. I do ignore things, Yeah. but in yours, I did not, because like I said, I, I looked at, at your name, which I thought was interesting. And then your little, you know, bio. And I was like, Oh, let me read what what's he got to say, yeah. right? And you were talking about this this instance, and um, the interesting thing was, uh, you know, I tuned into you know my zero point, my source, and I said, okay, uh, is this something I would intervene? And in this case, I got a yes. So I was like, okie dokie, let's oh, do yeah. it. Yeah. So that's where you know um, I did a little like mini he like a mini assessment. Yeah. And. Um, um, I was like, okay, so here's where we go back to light. Um, what is the light score of this video? You know, cause you gave me the link to the video Yeah. and it was like 99, 98%, something like it was really close to hundred percent, which is yeah. ideal, yeah, you know, yeah. ideally aligned with divine source. And I thought, well, the problem's not him. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's something that, you, you know, you needed to know about. Um, and cause I, I was open to whatever the answer was, right. Cause you were asking. So if it yeah. wasn't anything, I would have, I would have told you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and so I, what happened was this, I now have a name for this, Joshua, I call it the light mirror effect. So what happens oh, is okay. when someone that has an entity themselves, if that yeah. entity can hide in an area, when they come across something that's very, very high vibrational, like that video of yours, that was mm -hmm. like a really highlight score, yeah. the entity can no longer be hidden. Yeah. So it came out of its hiding places and she could see it, but mm. only when she had your video on. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was my perspective. Now somebody yeah. could argue that, but I'm like, sure, that's sure. just what I got. Like, I don't even know who you were, right? At that yeah. point, I didn't yeah, have yeah. any attachment to you being the hero or whatever. I was right, just right. open to it. Yeah. And so I told you, I said, look, it's it's not you, it's her. Um, she's got the entity, but it was really well hidden. And the only way she could, you know, see it was in the space of your master class. So it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember whether we had... Um, permission or not to clear for her. Um, no, we didn't go that far. Yeah. 
but yeah, I did yeah. I did block her on Facebook. <laughs> okay, I think did, did you not um I think you did talk to her or tell her right that it wasn't yours. Um, I I uh, felt that she would not be able to hear it, and I I felt like um, it, it would turn into like a blame game, and so um, I decided this is this is not this is not my business. Um, gotcha. So that was that was what I did, and. One of the interesting things that that I found really fascinating about this was you said if a light score is over about 90%, then it creates this uh, mirror effect. Yeah, more likely. So people that have, and there's different ways of measuring it in our system. We measure the light score. You can measure from this timeline or the lowest in all timelines for a person, Uh for a thing. Like for example, Uh we've had cases where a very, very prominent, I won't say the name, a prominent uh, doctor or meditation teacher, you know, will have free stuff on the internet or have a CD with a meditation. And it was infected, if you will, with entities. The reason Mm -hmm. being that the light score of the person that created it was not 90% or above. And in the past, it was uh, Mm -hmm. kind of challenging to get there. But it was just just a useful tool for us to kind of figure this stuff out. So if someone's at a light score of 90 or above, they're impervious to entities. That doesn't mean entities can't try to bug them by like going into their computers or bugging their dog or bugging their mother or, oh, you know, coworker, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's other ways. And, and so, yes, in my program, we teach people how to clear all that and how to investigate it. Um, but the thing is like, they can't attach to them. Mm-hmm. They can't attach to them when they're 90 and above. And same thing with their CDs or meditations or masterclasses. So the light score of 90 and above, they can't really touch to it. And it's more likely that if somebody does have an entity like this other person, that it would show up for them if they're a psychic, mm-hmm. they would actually sense it, notice and project it onto the other person. And I've had this happen a couple of times to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in one case, you know, this was a healer that uh, was in a telesummit with me. And, um, you know, th- we were doing all this group training with the, the coach. Wow. And so they needed like uh, examples, you know, so it was a little embarrassing at the beginning yeah. uh, where she's like, oh, I see an entity. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I thought, okay, so what am I going to do with this? And then, so I, I saw that it was the light mirror effect and it was hers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what am I going to, she's launching on Monday. Okay. Yeah. So do I tell her, don't wow. I tell her? Right. And yeah. I asked God and God said, tell her. And I'm like, okay. Cause like you said, I mean, she could have been defensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not me freak out before her launch. Anyway. So I, I, you know, I didn't have her, uh, her phone. So I kind of, gently you know emailed her some things and i said well you know it's really interesting this is what i got it made it <laughs> i'm more than happy to have a conversation about this i realize you're launching on monday but god said to tell yeah. you yeah don't mean to upset you and you know what she said <laughs> she said so, so we did have a conversation she said after i did the reading for you and got off that call mm-hmm. i thought to myself this doesn't make sense i wonder if it's mine wow that's what okay, she so said and really she found it. it she saw it she cleared it because she remember what she said to the universe before her launch, before our call, yeah. she said, I will do anything. Okay. So what did she say? Um, whatever I need to do to be successful on this call, beyond my wildest dreams, I will do, I wow. commit to doing. So that's why I came up. And of course wow. God picked me to be yeah. the, the guy. <laughs> right. And she did have wow. a beautiful launch. She absolutely had a beautiful launch, very successful. And she wow. was willing to be open 
and um, get that information. So I was like, Phew. right. <laughs> that is so powerful. I love that. Um, in, a, in a few minutes, we're going to go into um, a meditation. I want to bring up one more thing um, before, uh, before that. Um, so I'm just kind of nerding out about this stuff. So there's a, in, in my work and my understanding, there's a difference between enlightenment and self-realization where enlightenment doesn't uh, resolve trauma and self-realization is basically the resolving of trauma and embodiment of more light. Whereas enlightenment is sort of like the, the uh, power through which energy flows through a person, but, um, but it could be a distorted power. And so somebody who's enlightened could actually have entities that they're channeling at an enlightened capacity. Whereas somebody who is uh, deeply self-realized, which, which is uh, infinite, basically, you, you can get more and more and more light into you without end, but enlightenment itself is, has, has a finite end. It's kind of like enlightenment of the mind versus self-realization, you could call enlightenment of the body. And so what we're talking about here is what I know as enlightenment of the body or, or self-realization. And entities can only attach to a trauma which originates on the on the mental field and the um the you know childhood misunderstanding of something creating these ego rules creates a trauma that gets lodged inside of the body and so um yeah if you have anything else you want to add to that just so people understand uh what we're talking about if they're not familiar with these topics Right. Yeah. I mean, we can, there's a whole huge rabbit hole. We can have a whole yeah. show just on just on entities. And um, one of the things that uh, I came to realize is that, um, you know, I had this, well, I guess you can call it mythology as well. I had this mythology that, you know, entities are bad and therefore, you know, you should stay away and they're evil and yada, yada, yada. And they're here to do bad stuff. And, and, the uh, the universe decided to teach me a lesson in a good way, <laughs> and this is a funny story. But uh, so I'm you know very early on the entity work, and mm -hmm. um, you know we were just doing great work, just you know healing all different types of entities and multiple timelines and that kind of stuff. And then one day I'm I'm driving down, or my husband was driving. I was sitting next to him from the skating rink back to the home, and the, the okay. window was open, and I and I was looking at the license plate in front of me. I was trying to read it, and it was some word, and I was like, what? that word say and I heard the answer behind me okay and I'm like okay yeah <laughs> so I'm like oh I said honey did you say something he goes no and I said well did you hear that and he goes hear what and I said well and I'm looking around looking outside like he's we kind of went to a stop <laughs> sign and I'm like there's nobody out there <laughs> and I was like then I my heart starts pounding <laughs> And so I go into my zone and I start testing and it's an entity, it's a demon. And wow. then I go into a light, little bit of a fight or flight. And I'm like, what is the demon doing in my car? The car's supposed to be protected. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, okay. And my, and my husband's like, his eyes are big too, right? Cause this is pretty early on. Right. Yeah, so this yeah. is kind of funny looking back. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so let me figure out what this demon's doing. The demon says, well, I'll cut to the chase. The demon says, 
I was told to come here. And I'm like, why? Well, the angel told me to come here. Mm. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking Archangel Mike, like just heal the demon, right? Just heal the demon. Um, but no, I thought, okay, fine. So I asked, so I'm having a side conversation with the angels going, okay, okay. So why is there a demon in my car? Well, <laughs> tell him to come here. why did you tell him to come here? Well, because you are here to do this work. I'm like, well, why don't you do it? <laughs> so I'm having this like mini argument. And yeah. what happened was, is that the demon was um, bound by a thousand years of something, some negative curse or something. And I'm like, wow, entities can be cursed. I didn't even know that, right? right? right. So I learned some stuff like entities themselves can be cursed. They have, there's a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. They can be slaves to other entities. And this, this entity, a thousand year old curse. And of course the angels could you know, like, you know, instantaneously release it. But the thing is I had to have that awareness and understanding that uh, they're not like always like the ones like, you know, like bad guy, bad good. It's not black or white, Karen, you know? So we healed that curse. That entity was healed, very happy, you know, um, went to a higher vibration. So um, there are things that, you know, definitely certain traumas can make people susceptible to Mm -hmm. entity attachments. Uh, But sometimes uh, they actually like self, self-worth, self-love, those are biggies, you know, self-trust, those are huge. The more yeah. of that, that you have, the less likely entities can even want to stay around you at all. Cause it's painful yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You love yourself a lot. And the other thing is I've seen people very high vibration and they seem to attract entities. Mm. And one of the things that people don't understand, again, it's changing our perception of things is that it's part of their soul mission. Yeah. I had a seven-year-old, okay, not a client of mine, but um, one of my um, followers has a granddaughter, uh, age okay. seven, sure. who kept seeing dark angels, dark angels, dark angels. Wow. And wow. so the grandmother who was an energy healer would keep clearing every day, every day. I mean, she was exhausted, wow. clearing, 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 clearing for this. And, and the seven-year-old would get angry, right, mm-hmm. when she was around them. So I thought, you know what? She's seven. I, I felt called to at least check in and see what's going on. Sure. Well, come to find out even though she's seven, she's a very old soul. Mm-hmm. So she had chosen to incarnate in this timeline and her mission was to specifically help dark angels heal. Wow. That's why they were coming. Not because yeah. she was low vibration yeah. or anything like that. She would f- empathize with them. Therefore she would get angry, but okay. they were coming for help. Yeah. So we actually, so I communicate that to the grandmother, the grandmother communicates to the mother and the granddaughter, and we put in a, you know, an automatic healing bubble. So anyone that she didn't have to do manually would automatically heal just in her bubble and her space. The okay. ones that she could heal manually, she created, or we created, help, helped her create like her own little prayer, her system, how to do it. So when there'd be dark angels, she would start to get dark and she would start to get angry. Mm-hmm. And then she would pause, right? And she would, she's like, hang on, like to whoever, this hang is the on, seven-year-old. somebody needs my help. Yeah. Okay, cool. So she would go within and she would do her thing. And then she would come out if she goes, okay, they're healed wow. and just go on wow. her seven-year-old merry way. Like how amazing is that? That just is amazing. incredible. You know, mm-hmm. I want to say, I, I have not heard this story before. And um, so this is so interesting because Yesterday, I did a quantum theater experience where I personally played the role of a demon getting the curse removed from me 
and becoming a an angel. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And and I was it, it was it was basically removing a family curse from a yeah. client and um and and his mother and um so we we went into uh you know quantum theater is like role playing so he played the role of his mother and then um i asked his mother what's going on with with her and she's like well there's this demon in me and so i was like okay well can i talk to the demon and then and then we talked to the demon and then um as a as an angel he like he he gave his he devoted his entire life moving forward to supporting this family and mm. it was like win-win you know because the the demon doesn't want to um suffer it, it was actually enslaved by what the demon called the devil and so if if the demon is is, is enslaved we can actually have compassion for that um that process it doesn't have to be something we're afraid of and so again this is this is taking up the trauma by the roots we don't have to believe that there's a good guy bad guy scenario it's every everybody is everybody wants freedom even you know discarnate entities that seem to be evil and so right. yeah, really exactly yeah. we we as humans get lied to and mm -hmm. I think we're seeing a lot of that <laughs> right mm -hmm. now, but it's coming to light that we're being lied to. Yeah. Well, demons are no different. They yeah. actually get lied to as well yeah. by their quote unquote higher ups. And exactly. they are told that people like me are going to destroy them. Yeah. That they will cease to exist, that they will be in pain. And they're, but of, of course they get punished and they're more in more pain. And in the past, I think it's somewhat true in that, um, you know, in the seventies, eighties, you know, the way in which, and some of the shamanic uh, trainings is they would bind entities. Yeah. You know, yeah. They would bind them and, and almost like punish them. Or um, and that them. was the way. But I did have a little, um, let's say, debate with one of these shamanic, like multi-generational people. Yeah. And I said, yeah. look, he reached out to me um, and, and I said, look, it's, it's not it's not my way. It doesn't re resonate with me. Yeah. What I do is I heal them. I don't bind them. Yeah. I don't punish them. I heal yeah. them, bring them to the highest light. Uh, that we can in this lifetime, then they're free to continue their evolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, and that reminds me of in, in the Toltec tradition. I know they, um, at, at least in in uh, the reclusive aspects of it, where they're not householders, they they basically turn uh, demonic entities into into allies. What they call allies, but it's essentially like an enslavement. And it, it creates oh. a, it's like a, it's like a team of spirits, but they're, but they're not free to leave. And so they have, um, they have like all these powers around them and, and, and it, it does make the shaman more powerful, but it's kind of at the expense of having these um, bound entities to them. Right, absolutely. And um, we're finding out that, you know, at least in this day and age of increasing, expanding, you know, energies, enlightenments, ascension, whatever people want to call it, that it, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. And we're evolving it's, it's past that paradigm. Yeah. Yeah. And, all, all beings are, um, we want that freedom of choice and, and yeah. that. And sometimes we're being taught that through them. So we can be even yeah. grateful that they crossed our paths. Right. So this raises an interesting question. Again, I just love nerding out on this stuff. Um, <laughs> do you think that 
when somebody when when a healer is destroying demons um you know maybe through uh packing them with light until they they turn into dust or or whatever it is um do you think that this is adding to the karma the negative karma of the of the person who's facilitating that Mm, that's a great question. Um, I'm certainly not an expert in the whole karmic thing. Yeah. Uh, the last conversations I had with Source about karma, the Source kept saying there's no such thing as karma. I'm like, what? Okay. Everyone talks about karma. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, it was like it momentum. Was little, yeah, it was a little bit, um, you know, uh, confusing to explain it to people yeah. that do believe in karma. Yeah. I think there was something that is energetically on the quantum field that yeah. reflection, right? That yeah, that happens. Exactly. exactly. So I think that's what people are calling karma. But the they, actual, yeah, exactly. yeah, but the actual belief of the average person is like, oh, don't do bad stuff because that's going to be bad juju for you, bad right, karma for right. you, right? So it's that reward and punishment dynamic. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that part is not right, 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 really right. in existence as far as I understand in my right. reality anyway. It's, um, not, <laughs> it's not duality like that. It's, it's a right. it's, it's too too linear for the. That, that's the only right. way that the mind can usually understand it. Yeah. Well, and I, and I like to say whatever's for the highest good. So I'm not in charge of that. I'm not yeah. in charge of deciding that. Yeah. Um. And uh, you He's know we have teams yeah. and teams and thousands and thousands of you know angelic and and light being and yeah. uh, you know light being ET and ascended master of friends. So I'm not the judgment. You yeah. know into yeah. that judgment. Um, yeah. If it's if it's not. Yeah, if it's not for the highest greatest good, it doesn't happen. So there are yeah. times where we might do topical healing for someone with an entity, and we get the the we get no, you're not allowed. Oh. You know, you're not allowed to to heal that entity because that person needs to realize that that it, that entity is there and it's doing a wow. purpose for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had one in particular of somebody closer to me who killed himself, and I'm like, what? Like I hadn't a clue. Like I, I thought he was overly joyful at times, but wow. I did not have a clue. And I'm like saying to my angels, what the heck, right? Like, could I have saved him? The answer was no. We had to shield you from seeing the entities because they were doing a job, you know, wow. uh, for the benefit of the other people in his family and the, all yeah. that. It's a long story. So he killed himself. But the thing is, they literally, this was so weird, Joshua, yeah. literally like the quote unquote benevolent angels said, okay, it's time. He needs to end his life. Wow. They couldn't convince him to do that because that's not yeah. what they do. Yeah. So they asked their the others, yeah, you know, who could uh, to do that, and he and he was able to kill himself. So that wow. was like another eye-opening awareness. Yeah. That yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, that that can be a really serious thing. And and just from my uh, enneagram framework, it sounds like a, a manic type seven which is very overly joyful and then also in denial about some really serious issues at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. More than likely definitely had family issues, you know, yeah. going on, but um, yeah. for whatever reason, it was for the highest and greatest good in this lifetime yeah. at that moment for him to kill himself. And there was yeah. nothing that I could have done yeah. to prevent that. It was not my role yeah. to do that. Yeah. Well, that's really good to yeah, you know, sad that he left because I really loved him, but you know, yeah. it's at the same time, and I'm not in charge of that. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for all of this. It's been amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, in the next uh, 
few moments, we're going to be receiving a gift from Dr. Karen here, which is a, uh, a meditation that she's offered to facilitate for us. Experience the Peace Emerging Protocol is what it's called. And um, what I'd like to do is let her uh, finish up the, the recording with this. So, so if you're in a uh, state, let's say at the end of the meditation, we can just end the podcast with that. So, so I'm going to basically sign off myself now and um, going to be handing over the end of the, med- the, end of the uh, podcast to Dr. Karen. So I'll just say thank you so much right now for uh, being here. It's always a pleasure. I love connecting with you. Um, My pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And uh, maybe right now before the meditation, you could just tell us uh, how could people find you um, and what's kind of coming next for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that at the beginning of the meditation we're going to be doing is a, a very quick and easy technique called stillness through observing internal movement. We've nicknamed it STOEM for short, cool. and it's actually um, step-by-step outlined in my you know best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower. Awesome. We found that the, the doorway to stillness, many people have different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. I, not being terribly good at traditional mm-hmm. meditation, found this way very helpful for me because I'm a feeler. You know, I feel things. I feel a lot of people's emotions and even their pain sometimes. So I created this technique to help my students and clients get into that doorway of zero point stillness. We go through there to do the peace emerging protocol. So um, people can get a a free um, little, you know, 27 minute training on um, STOEM um, at stillnessonthefly.com. So that's one spot. Um, And then of course, you know, people are interested in my book, they can go to sensitivityisyoursuperpower.com. We actually have um, many contributions from, you know, colleagues of mine, friends of mine. Um, There's like a, you know, a a bonus package worth about a thousand dollars that goes with that, including various different meditations and trainings and things like that. So if you buy a copy of the book, either physical or ebook, sensitivities or superpower, then you can actually, um, and we actually, I think Joshua, we, uh, I think we're putting a, um, uh, a link for you too. So I think it's karencan.com forward slash Joshua. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, it's all great stuff. I highly recommend this work. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's right in line with all the stuff that we're talking about and quantum theater. It's, it's different words, but you know, truth is truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I hope your listeners really in, enjoy this podcast as well as the meditation and just a reminder for Joshua's link is at karencan.com forward slash Joshua. Yeah. I'll put that in the, uh, the show notes, wherever, wherever that's perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, uh, looking forward to next time. I'll talk to you soon and I'll hand over the, uh, the mic now for the meditation and I'll, I'll silence myself for the rest of the podcast. And thanks everybody for listening. I'll see you next time and enjoy the meditation. So be in a space where you're safe to close your eyes, especially if you're brand new to this process, the Peace Emerging Protocol. One of the things we're gonna first do is get into a place of stillness. Now we're doing it through the body. This is a process called stillness through observing internal movement. So there's three steps. The first step is focus. So what we're gonna have you do is focus on the inside of your body, like beyond your skin. And then the second step is to feel. 
what you're going to do is look for some sort of sensation, some sort of movement in the body. It could be really subtle and it could be your heartbeat, it could be your breath, or it could be what I call energy traveling in your body. This third step is really just to follow the flow of that. And one of the ways it can be really helpful to focus, feel, and flow, and you can try it now if you'd like, is to rub your hands really, really, really fast together, or you can shake you know, your hands or even stamp your feet and then close your eyes and then notice focus, feel, and flow, the energy in the body, where it's traveling. A lot of people feel a lot more things when they do that, when they move. They feel in their hands, their hearts, their arms. So just go ahead and follow that flow. Wherever it goes, without judgment. If you happen to have a discomfort, that's okay too. You can pay attention to that and just notice, is there a flow or movement there or isn't there a flow or movement there? There's no right or wrong no judgment. You might notice there's a spot in your body where you're like, wow, I feel flow or movement everywhere but this spot. That's okay too. Like for example, I'm you know feeling that there's less movement in my right knee. So I'm just going to choose to focus on there just to check it out. So you can do that as well. You can just kind of do a little body scan and just kind of notice top to bottom where you feel energy moving and where you don't feel energy moving. just continue that exploration for a little bit longer. You might notice that in areas where you don't feel movement, that if you pay attention to it, you actually may feel more movement or not. Again, no attachments, no judgments. So now what we'll have you do is turn your focus and attention to the heart area. And if you'd like, you can even put your hands or hand right over the heart area. So then you can actually feel pulsing of the heart and then vice versa, feel the skin and the hand on your chest. So paying attention to either or both things, your hand feeling the chest, the chest feeling the hands. Now using our wonderful gift of imagination, we can just focus in on that feeling, that pulse, that energy, that movement, and imagine it as a ball of light. You can make it any color you want or it could be invisible, it's all good. So when you're in this space, you connect with the quantum and you actually seed it with your beingness. In this case, our intention is peace. So just by tuning into our bodies and feeling whatever's going on, even if we were angry a moment ago or upset, we just be in our bodies, feel the energy. And we tune in and tap into peace there in the body. So now that you have this ball of light and energy and movement, imagine it encompassing the entire heart and growing. So this little ball of peace is just growing. Continue feeling the energy in the body. And if you have your hands in your chest, continue feeling that as well. 
And then allow this ball of energy of peace to expand. So expand beyond the heart to the entire rib cage. And as you breathe in and out, you may notice little fluctuations on the size of this ball of energy. It's like a sphere. Continue allowing it to expand a little bit bigger. So now it goes beyond your chest and thorax to your abdomen, your back. It's expanding to encompass your whole body, all the way above your head and below your feet. And it keeps expanding this peace bubble beyond you to the entire room where you are, or if you're outdoors, to that entire space. Continuing imagining this expansion beyond the room, beyond your space, extending beyond the borders of your house, almost seeing it from the bird's eye point of view. This ball of energy emanating from your heart, expanding, expanding beyond the boundaries of your home, your property, and now expanding to your neighborhood. Continuing to feel the energy in the body while it expands. And now it's expanding to your whole town. Right from the center of your heart, expanding out to all your counties around you. Then other towns near you. Then maybe your whole state or province, this ball of energy and light and peace and stillness expanding through there, expanding to that side of your country, wherever you live, and now expanding to the entire country. And remember it's a ball, so it goes even underground. And seeing it in your mind's eye, expanding beyond your country to the next country or the water. Expanding bigger and bigger past the poles to encompass the entire world, all the water, all the continents. Slowly but surely, this peace, this energy, this vibration from your heart, now expanding beyond the borders of Earth, expanding to the moon to encompass and envelop the moon, and now to the whole solar system, the entire solar system and the sun being encompassed by that peace ball, by that energy ball, by that light ball. And allow it to expand, maybe a little faster now. Now it's expanding like boom, outside the solar system, encompassing all their other solar systems, the entire galaxy, and then encompassing other galaxies. As in your mind's eye, you're floating higher and higher above it all, seeing the big picture allowing this ball of energy to 
wrap itself around all universes, all matter, all dark matter, what is and what is not. And if you are one that imagines alternate realities, you can go ahead and also encompass alternate universes, alternate planets, alternate solar systems. Until this all of creation is wrapped up in this big ball of peace from your heart. And as all of us do this, our different balls of peace actually meet and coalesce and enlarge and amplify. So we no longer have just peace internally, but also externally as well. So go ahead and let that ball of peace pulse and move and expand as far as you can imagine, as big as you can imagine to all of reality. And that when it's as big as you can imagine it, you can go ahead and if you've had your eyes closed, you can open your eyes and see if you can still feel the pulsing and the energy coming from your heart and communicating peace to all that is. And we'll now end this meditation. It's now commanded that this peace and this peace emergence be activated to all of creation in the highest and best way from every one of us in our hearts with ease, speed, and grace. Thank you. Mm -hmm.